bless you saints amen god bless you for making your way here through the snow those who aren't able to be with us we just trust the lord will bless them where they're at amen but i had this song running through my mind i wanted to sing with you i know i'm not worthy i'm nothing on my own but he knew me and he loved me amen let's sing this together we'll start with that first verse oh i know i'm not worthy i'm nothing
Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I call that the forgotten Christmas song. I love telling that story of him taking on flesh and blood as his substance, but then it just wraps up with, oh, how I love him, how I adore him. I mean, what a message has brought truth to us, that the fullness of God would dwell in that, that baby boy. Amen. Maybe we could just sing, actually, in Christ alone as we just prepare to go to prayer. My hope is found. In Christ alone, my hope is found, for He is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone.
power of Christ. The scripture says it's not in word only, it's in power. We've experienced that. We've witnessed it. Praise be to our God. Amen. We're going to go to prayer at this time. Maybe the brothers could just come. Brother Jeremy Carroll, could I ask you to come, please, if you would, open the service in a word of prayer for us. We don't have any written prayer requests, but we do want to remember the Billisberger family. Amen. With the passing of our sister Helen, that God would just be a comforting balm to them. I believe we have further announcement about that after. And we know there are many needs in the body. If there's a need in your heart, you can just let it be known with an upraised hand. Brother Jeremy, would you come, please? bow our heads precious Lord Jesus Father we just thank you for your grace Lord thank you for your mercy Lord we just appreciate your presence already this morning Father just the songs that we've been singing Lord just praising your name Father giving you glory giving you honor Lord Lord that's what we're here to do Father is to put you put you on the pedestal this morning Father Lord we love you Father We thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for everything you do, Lord God. And Lord, now we just want the word of God to come and just, Lord, speak to our hearts, Father. Lord, your word is powerful, Lord. It's sharp, Father. It cuts right to the the heart of the situation, Lord Jesus, whatever it is. And Lord God, so we just rely on you this morning. We trust you. Lord, we ask you to forgive us of our sins. Lord, whatever we've done that's grieved you, Lord, this week. Lord, we ask for the blood to cover us. Lord, be with your children, Lord. Be with the prayer requests. Be with the the singing, Lord God. Be Be with every situation, Lord. Father, we love you, appreciate you. Bless this service, Father, for your glory. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats as we take up the morning offering. Amen. I want to sing... A hymn with you that maybe we haven't sung in a little bit. It's how marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. My apologies, I didn't have this one ready for you. But uh, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus of Calvary as the first verse. No, not that one, brother, sorry. I should have had this number for you. Forgive me. It just came, came to me, and I thought we should sing the song. I love this chorus. What is the name of that song? I stand amazed. Try that. (laughs) This is my fault. I didn't have a number four. Forgive me. I will find it for you. My Savior's love. That's it. 736. Praise the Lord, we found it. All right, let's sing this together while we finish taking up the offering. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. Oh, how marvelous, how wonderful in my song shall I
Wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. See that snow falling. <laughs> I, I know everybody's excited. I have a granddaughter who actually prays for it. And God obviously hears her prayer over ours. <laughs> God bless you, Michaela. Well, good morning. I have a couple of announcements we'd like to give, a testimony. Um, Sister Violet, how many in the prayer meeting remember we've been praying for Sister Violet's grandson? He went home. He's gone home. Amen. They tested him and they gave this diagnosis and this diagnosis of cancer or something wrong in the blood. Sister Violet has written here, thank you for praying for Ezekiel. Got out of the hospital on Thursday. He made a great recovery. The Lord made it so that he could get home for Christmas, and we're thankful for that. Amen. And Sister Violet wanted to give God the glory, and we're thankful that God hears the prayers of the saints, and we're rejoicing in that. Visitors are here still. Brother Stephen, God bless you. Maybe the snow will keep you and Lillian here for a while. Huh? No? (laughs) Or you're used to snow. Well, nice to have you here again, and, and we have, uh, there's two special people for me today that have birthdays, and I won't necessarily say who it is to embarrass them, but you are dear, and we love you, and we're thankful for your lives. Now, I won't say it's Marco or Sister Karen, but we'll just say, happy birthday. <laughs> Well,
Well, we had uh, an announcement regarding Sister Helen Billisberger, our dear sister in the Lord. Our, she's a, been her friend over the years. She's been a lovely saint. She's been a supporter of this gospel and this message. And she is a soldier, and the uh, Lord decided to take her home on Thursday. And it was a, an event for myself. Uh, I, got, I was talking to her son, Leroy. And uh, Leroy gave me a call the first of the week, and he said, he said, Mom's going down, but she says she's bounced back many times. I said, I know, she's a fighter. And he said she had a stroke, and she fell, and she was on the floor. And she says she's sort of like the fisherman that tells the tale of a fish. You know, and if you've got a 10-pounder, she, she got a 20-pounder. Well, she laid on the floor there for about a day and a half. And uh, she bounced back, and the uh, Lord gave us some more time with her. And then uh, on, oh, on Thursday, I got a text from Megan and from Brother or Leroy and uh, saying, Mom's going down fast. So I just felt very urgent to grab whoever was in the office, and we went up to uh, see Sister Helen, and she was gasping just gasping painfully it seemed like I wouldn't say painfully just gasping Sister Eleanor was there and, and um, we just got down I got down and we prayed we said Lord if this is her time let it, be, let it be a peaceful passing let your angels come and take her home and may it just be sweet and we ended up praying and, and she gave three more soft little breaths she says nice little breaths and all of a sudden she went into the presence of the Lord so we're thankful that, the, as the scripture says, I've got a number, Sister Eleanor, a number of, of translations of our scripture. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And it goes on, how important to the Lord. It's no light matter because Brother Bram said that he said he's waiting there for their crossing. And we're thankful that we have this faith. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a story. It's a reality because we had a prophet come in this generation and give us a window into that dimension. And so I uh, talked to Brother Leroy. They're going to ship the body and, and to Saskatchewan. They're going to have their service in Saskatchewan for Sister Helen. They'll be giving us the dates, and I'll make that available to those that can make that trip. And then um, they're just debating whether or not they would like to come out for a memorial here. So we'll keep you posted on, on that, um, those dates and it's time. It'll probably be in the new year. Amen. Joseph and Sister Anita Lay, they're here. And they've come all the way from uh, hurricane, uh, windy, hot, sticky, uh, and sometimes sunny location in Louisiana. And uh, they're back home for the Christmas season. We welcome you, and God bless you. Amen. And we're going to invite our brother Michael to come at this time. Let's just sing together. Oh, come all you faithful, joyful and triumphant. We are in that season, but this is a song we can sing just about year-round, I think, for he alone is worthy. Let's sing this as Brother Michael comes now. Oh, come all ye faithful, 
we came this morning? To give him all the glory. No other man, no other woman, nobody. Him alone is worthy of our praise this morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord in the snowy winter of BC. I know this is the worst it probably gets. Mind you, I looked at the weather forecast and said, dear goodness, double digit negatives. That's pretty bad for this area of town. So God bless you for coming to service this morning and trudging through the snow. I was secretly hoping that maybe there was more like 18 inches of snow on the ground this morning and then probably we'd have to cancel service. <laughs> but the Lord knows what we need today. Amen. God bless you. Brother Marco, you got, uh, you did get mentioned. You were on my notes. I wasn't even going to let it go. And happy birthday, buddy. You're the best, best friend one could ever get. God bless you. Amen. Uh, service times for the next two services. On Sunday, uh, we're just going to make it simple for everybody. 11 o'clock Christmas morning, 11 o'clock New Year's morning. All right? No, no wondering there. It's the same everywhere, 11 a.m. And uh, then just to, after the, on the watch night, just to give you a little heads up, uh, watch night service is at 7 p.m. And uh, afterwards, we're just going to have a, maybe a little bit of a, a potluck. Yes, Brother Richard, Sunday school. Right. And there's no Sunday school on those two days, right? Christmas, singing on Christmas Day, no classes on New Year's Day, correct? You want Sunday school here at 1030 for singing preparations on Christmas Day? All right. Everybody going to be here at that time? Yes? <laughs> Children are singing Christmas morning. That's a great gift. So no, don't come any earlier than that. If you're here at 945, you'll be waiting a while. And then uh, just on the watch night for the little bit of a uh, refreshment potluck after the, after the watch night service for those that want to stay. That's fine. I know if it's later, the families want to go home. But we'll just have in the fellowship hall. We'll have a little bit of a uh, refreshment potluck. And so, Sister Abigail, we're going to create a bit of a sign-up. And, uh, and so it'll be appetizers and dessert potluck. So nothing too heavy. So that's a, an option for you. Amen. There we go. You ready for the word? That's why we came. Amen. God bless you. We can take our Bibles this morning. We're going to turn to Luke 2. Thank you, musicians. Appreciate that. I've been pondering a thought that came to me a few weeks back now, and I just uh, kind of lodged there, as some do. And, and uh, then when I was just going through Scripture, lo and behold... <laughs> This is the scripture that uh, I, the Lord just put to, to open with. So yes, it is the Christmas story, but no, it was not intended to be a Christmas message <laughs> in that regard. But here we are, Lord put them both together for us. So Luke 2, and we'll start I'll just so we don't have you standing too long. Uh, we know the scripture starts there. They, they came to pass in those days. There was a decree that went out for a census and a taxing of such, and so they had to be taxed. So everybody went to their city, and that's what the first few verses specify. And so Joseph was heading to the city of David in Bethlehem, and it says that because uh, he was of the house and the lineage of David. And so to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, she was great with child. And it was so that while they were there, the days that were accomplished that she she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and laid in a manger, 
because there was no room for them in the inn. And they were in the same country's shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And uh, just a little echoey up here, Brother John. And and, uh, upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. You know, we can read that scripture, but I can imagine, you know, they were just standing there, those shepherds, (laughs) minding their flocks, the bleeding of the lambs, and then lo, (laughs) scripture says lo, uh, the angel of the Lord came upon them and shone around them. That would have been quite a frightful moment. Uh, they were so afraid, is what the scripture says, as that uh, beheld them. And, and out went the proclamation. Behold, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, and which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I wonder how he got, that angel messenger got picked to announce that one. That was quite the favorable position there. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on peace, earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them unto heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they'd seen it, they made it known abroad, the saying which was told them concerning this child. And they that heard it wondered. They wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept them all these things and pondered them in her heart. A different The shepherds went and told everybody these things, and some wondered, and Mary pondered. There was a difference between the two. Let's just turn over a couple chapters into Luke 8. Now it came to pass, on a certain day, they went into the ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And then he arose and rebuked the... Well, they said, came to him and said, woke him and said, Master, we perish. And then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning, desiring, Lord, that your word would be broken, Lord, before us, that we could feed, Lord, not on words of man, but, Lord, the living body word of our Lord Jesus. Lord, it could nourish our souls this morning. Lord, you alone know what each one came. They prepared, they got up. Lord, they got their Sunday clothes on. And Lord, they came to church. Lord, I pray they didn't come to church just to sing some songs and hear a man say some words and then go home. Lord, I pray that each one came here, Lord, with a desire in their heart to encounter the Almighty One. Lord, that they would leave this little service this morning Uh, Lord, impacted, Lord, lifted up, Lord. And Lord, they would see you clearer, 
the only high and lifted up one, our King of Kings. So we commit this service to you this morning into your worthy hands and commit it now, our hearers as well, into your worthy name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats this morning. I was pondering wonder a little while back, and I was, I'd been reading something, and I just thought, or the line came to me, wonder no more. And I thought my, I just thought that for a little while. And so I titled this morning the service, Wonder No More. And if I wanted to, I would even say a second title if I wanted to, The Time of Wonders Over. <laughs> There's no more wondering. And I was just thinking about that over the last little while, and so we'll just have a, a little thought, nothing too complicated, hopefully, just a simple message this morning. And, uh, but I was, so, if you read in the scripture where they, they read the shepherds, they went out there and, and they heard a great message. They had, they had an incredible encounter with angels that came about and they shouted the, the news that a king of kings had been born. There was a, one in a manger that they were going to look for. And so they were, they were impacted. They were astounded at what they saw. And so off they went to see this one that was wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then it didn't stop there. They, they went abroad then, and they started to tell. Could you imagine what just happened? And they went out into their little city, in their little town, and they started to, to tell the people of what had happened uh, and what had been told of them. And the scripture, if you go back, says the people wondered at this. What is this all about? What exactly did they see? And so they would have been talking. You could have, it would have been quite the, the buzz through the town at, that here they, these, these shepherds had seen something pretty fantastic. Really, is, did, you know, were they dreaming? Were, you know, what, what had happened that night that they, you know, was that really true? And I'm sure there was a whole lot of, of the spectrum. Really? Angels saying, and, and then you heard them say that there's a baby that is to be the son of God. He's come to save the world, a savior, and he's wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's the sign? You're insane for me to believe that. And they wondered. They wondered. That's what the scripture says. Some might have said, wow, you know, I might, you know, they might, maybe they half believed it. And so they were in between. Maybe there was, surely, I'm, I would pray maybe one or two or more that would have said, wow, that's incredible. I believe every word of it. There would have been the spectrum. They wondered. They wondered. And the wonder is a desire to be curious, to know something. There's lots of wonder. We're gonna, you know, you can, there's nouns and verbs, and I won't go into the English of it. You can go back to school if you want to learn that part of it. But uh, the wonder is to think about things in a questioning or sometimes even a doubting way. You wonder about it. You know, it's an emotion that's exalted, or I should say excited by a novelty or the presentation of the sight or mind that's something new or unusual or strange, and so you wonder about this, you know. And, you know, it could be even not well understood, and it arrests your attention, and so you start to wonder. Sometimes when you wonder, you might even feel a little bit of curiosity or even some doubt, and, and, you, and you're waiting with uncertain expectation or your mind is queried, and so that is, is to wonder. And so I'm sure some of these people, as they heard, indeed the shepherds, they wondered with some curiosity, with some doubt, with some wondering, with some questioning, really, is this what they said really true? Some people live in constant wonder. People are consumed. Man wonders about lots of things. In fact, my goodness, you know, there, man has this insatiable curiosity, uh, so to say, and, and so they'll even think and wonder about random things, because they just want to be in a state. I guess their mind is, is desiring to be always in this excited state, and so they, they, you know, they, they question things. You know, they wonder, you know, if you punch yourself and it hurts, you know, are you weak or are you strong? 
they wonder about these things. Uh, you know, it's hard to believe that somebody actually asked these questions, but somebody did. They said, if you're trying to fail and you succeed, did you fail or succeed? Think about it. You can wonder. It's curiosity, they say, you know. Some to say, you know, why? A lot of questions start out with why. Why do, we, why do we hit our hands together when we're excited about something? People wonder about these things. Apparently. And so man wonders, you know, why is the, the word sent? Which letter is silent? The S or the C? I don't know. Go back to school. Ask the teacher. You know, so there's these, the, people wonder about things. They're, they're, they're curious in some cases. Who has children in here would probably, probably know that you've been asked the question, why, before. Yeah, indeed. Why? You know, they're, they come to this stage, you know, why, daddy? <laughs> and and uh, there was a little, uh, little depiction. There was a little child eating at a table with his dad early in the morning. They said, you know, Papa, can I go outside to play? And uh, the dad no, no, you can't. Why? Well, because it's five in the morning. We're not going to, we're going, going outside. It's too dark. Well, why? Well, because the sun hasn't come up yet. It's, it's, it's dark outside. Well, why? Well, it comes up later. Why? <laughs> well, the earth goes around and, and, and it turns around a certain amount of time. Then the sun comes up on the horizon. And that, that's why. Why? I don't know. Why? <laughs> Why don't you know, Dad? <laughs> because. <laughs> you know, there's a time when because works for our little children. <laughs> there comes a time when because doesn't work. They get old enough and they want to know the reasons why. And so they wonder, our children, they wonder about things. And this is just part of, of who we are. And so here indeed the shepherds told the story and people wondered And Israel, if we go back to that time, Israel had been waiting for their Messiah for a long time. It had been prophesied for many hundreds of years. And by this time, I'm sure some have, had wondered, is it ever going to come? Are these prophecies ever going to be fulfilled? And I'm sure some had wondered over and over. And here, at this time now, suddenly some, something had happened. And then, you know, they, shepherds would have told, told the story and a year would have gone by and then a second year would have gone by. Five years would have gone by. I wonder who would have remembered what had happened on Bethlehem's hill. Ten years would have gone by. Twenty years went by. Up Thirty years go by. What, it faded from memory, and maybe very few wondered and, uh, about maybe that instance. But on a, on a whole, the, the Jewish people, they were looking for a Messiah. This was part of them. You couldn't separate that from them. They, 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 were, they were constantly, it was a daily living. The, the, the prophets and the, and the scriptures were read, it, it almost would say, you know, every day. And they were earnestly looking, indeed, for these to be fulfilled. They, and especially as Rome came, I mean, they were, they were looking for a, for a deliverance. Surely the Messiah is coming now to remove us from this oppression. And so here, they, they, they would read the prophets of old, and they're waiting for this moment and I can imagine as, as, as now about 30 years now has passed since this moment and, and something starts to stir in, in the regions of Judea and as someone starts to come out of the wilderness and starts to preach. This, 
started a, bumble, a bubbling, I'm, I can imagine. I just have pondered, and so this might be a little bit of a different service this morning, but just, just go with me this morning as we look into that time of, uh, of the scriptures. As, as a, a, you know, a mighty man, they, who, they had no clue who this was. Can imagine someone just coming out of, the, out of the bush and then just starting to preach and just starting to shout it out. Like, oh, what is happening here? So now there was some wonder going on. They were, who is this here that just comes out? And it started to awaken something. Some curiosity started to be awakened within these different ones. And here this voice of one crying in the wilderness. They knew very well the scriptures. When it would be quoted to them, they knew it was Isaiah 40 and verse 3. Someone, a voice crying, preparing the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. It says every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. In Malachi 1, behold, I'll send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. They knew this scripture. They knew it. So when someone, when John started coming out and he started preaching, they knew exactly what he was identifying with, right? So he came out there. He said, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saith the Lord. My people have committed two evils. They've forsaken the fountain of living waters and hewn them with out of cisterns, broken cisterns that hold no water. John preached it. He preached it hard. Well, he stood there, you think any hard preaching coming over this pulpit probably don't compare nothing to what John was preaching. Oh, yeah. He says, O Israel, thou hast, he says, and thou sayest, O Israel, thou hast not sinned. Thine own wickedness shall correct thee, and thy backsliding shall reprove thee. Repent and do the works, meet for repentance, every one of you. Who is this guy? And they're wondering. Really, is, 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 this, is this the one that's, that's pointing his way? He's the one preparing the way of the Lord? This is what he's saying. He's saying, where's the Lord that brought us? You say, he says, neither say, where's the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt? Trust not to lying words saying, oh, the temple of the Lord. He says, you've made it a den of robbers. He says, wait a second. These are the priests standing there. They're like, you're talking about us. We're the priests. We're as clean as it gets. You couldn't put a finger on our life. We're not robbers. That prophet would have cried out there. As if it was God himself, woe unto you, priests. He says, you've transgressed, my people have transgressed for lack of knowledge. Therefore doth the land mourn, and every one that dwelleth there in languish. Therefore do swearing and lying and killing and stealing, committing adultery, break out in the land. There's no truth, there's no mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Woe unto you, you priests. <laughs> the people were gathering around saying, who is this man? They're wondering. This didn't go on for a day. And so the people were starting to be drawn in because their, their curiosity is saying, could this be? Could this be? And so they were now here in a state of wonder. And I'm sure there was some murmuring going on amongst our Pharisees and our Sadducees as the words were being cried out against them. As, as it says, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come, the day come when he shall come, shall sit as a purifier by his furnace. Did you just hear him call the priests vipers? I did. Of all the nerve. Can you believe this? And this was, this was, you know, go to the table at the end of a sermon, at the end of a day at the banks of the River Jordan. Say, did you just hear what John said today? Can, do you think that's what, do you think he is what the scripture is saying? Is he saying he's a voice crying in the wilderness? Do you think he's the fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah? 
well, I mean, this could, we've been waiting for a Messiah all this time, and surely there's got to be one to point us toward him. There's got to be a forerunner that comes to point to him, so he has to come. Maybe this could be it. Amen. They wandered there in their, in their rooms. But I can imagine one day, as they went, said, John's preaching again. He's baptizing on the river again. I'm going to go down. I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm just, something's just pulling me to go hear what he has to say. I don't even maybe understand it. I, I'm in a state of a bit of a wonder who, who this is, but I'm just, I just got to be there. And so I'm, they went down to the river one day, and they, they were standing there maybe on the banks, and they could hear him preach out again, Hear, O Israel, am I a God at hand and not a God afar off? saith the Lord, hear ye the message of the Most High. And so he started to preach out. He, and, and, and there he says, Behold, the day hath come, saith the Lord, I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king to reign and prosper, who shall execute judgment and justice. And so the banks are listening. They're, just, they're drinking it all in. And then, of a sudden, he would have turned. And he said, Behold, because there at the banks of the Jordan, one would have stepped out. All the focus had been on John for, for all this time, over these periods of time. But then suddenly the focus shifted just a little bit. Because one stepped out, stepped onto the banks of the river. John says, that's exactly what I've been preaching. That's the one. Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Everybody at the banks is saying, oh, I thought it was John we're looking at, but all attention now had to move to one. Can you imagine what a day of days that this would have been? I'm sure John's eyes shone with brilliance as his heart and his little heart preaching out and his eyes rested upon Jesus. Oh, come on. Go back to those days. Mary and Elizabeth were connected relation-wise. Oh, oh, really? Oh, isn't that some relative of his? Come on. You're standing on the bank. It's John the Baptist preaching. And he points and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's the one. Your relative? Oh, oh yeah, I know. Today we look at him like, Whoa, Behold the Lamb. John the Baptist, a mighty prophet. Of course, hindsight, and I'll say it again to the service, is 2020. Oh, we can be, as they say, Monday night, you know, quarterbacks, be like, of course I believe it. But put yourself on the banks of the Jordan. Put yourself there and be like, okay, if I was standing there in my current state, would I be saying, that's the Lamb of God? Yeah. To now, now you can sit piously in a chair and be like, yeah, amen, it was Jesus Christ. Yeah, but it was happening in real time then. All, t- all eyes turned, wondering, now filling their minds. He said, you have asked wherefore. Wherefore is the slain, the daily lamb? He says, the day has come when the lamb of sacrifice, which can take away no sin, shall cease. Behold him who taketh away transgressions of men. And he's preaching now a new message. Here it is, the Messiah, the son of the highest. There stands Christ of God. Oh, my, and people are saying, whoa, trying to take this in here and now. He says, he hath dwelt among you. He hath walked your streets. He hath sat in your homes, and, you, and I knew him not. Till now I behold on him the sign of the Messiah. 
John knew exactly who he was pointing to because he'd seen the sign of Messiah come and drop upon the Jesus Christ. And my goodness, I can imagine now all the focus now is shifted. All the wonder now is shifted to this one, Christ Jesus. You know, they hadn't seen a miracle. Jesus had done nothing. He just walked out now and made himself known here at the banks of the river. And now we're to follow this one? We don't even know nothing about him. All we know is that he's from Nazareth. Really? Nazareth? I really want you to put yourself there. Could this really be the Messiah? John, are you for real? That I need to follow him whose shoe latchets you're not even worthy to unloose? This one? From a, from a teeny weeny town? Ah. Talk about wonder. Oh, they were wondering. Some probably didn't want to believe it. Some were hesitant to believe it. And there were some that were all in. He said, he's a prophet. So if he's pointing his way, that's who I'm following. And man, there's three in all crowds. Unbeliever, make believe, and believer. Every single time. So they were, they were all there. I can imagine the one, oh my, they, they didn't, they were just, I'm sure, absolutely ecstatic. They said, John just pointed us to the very Messiah. Can this be? Others saying he's completely off his mind. And so now, let's go down to that day. They're going to go back to their home. Oh my, they did not have no, this device that they could open up and be like, oh, what does the Bible say about that? Uh, what does the message say about this? Uh, where exactly is that scripture? I, I can't bring it to mind, but I'll just put in one keyword. Oh, right, there it is right there. No, I'm sorry. That didn't work out for them. You know, they had to go and, and find someone that could have the scroll, and it was, Man, where is that word exactly? What am I searching? I'm searching for a certain scripture. Where does it say about, about, about a Savior being born in Bethlehem, Ephrathah? Where does it say about this branch that's going to rise up? Where is that scripture? I can't quite find it. They had to search. <laughs> oh, it's good that they were so in it every single day. Keep it before your children every day, every night, because it had to be right there on the forefront of their mind. Because when he came, they didn't have no message search. They had to have it be inside of them. And so at night, it would just it would start to roll out. Well, he's from Nazareth, so it just cannot be. He has to come out of Bethlehem. That, that's where he must rise up. He has to be of the lineage of David. I know it just doesn't make sense. I'm wondering about it myself. But, I mean, this is who John has pointed us to. I, I know, but really, I, I, you know, it just, not Nazareth. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth anyway. I just, uh, you know, so th- this, would, this would happen. This is a daily occurrence. Have you heard, ha- have you heard anything else more? Yeah, actually, uh, you wouldn't believe it. But, you know, there was a scribe, and then we went back in the archives, and would you just know it? He was born in Bethlehem. No way, way. Really, yeah, we went back there. I mean, he went for a cent. There was, a, there was tax. Remember the tax time just a few years back, a couple decades ago? Yeah, I remember that moment. Yeah, actually, Joseph, he went and took Mary, his wife, and actually he was born there in Bethlehem. Oh, okay, now this is coming together. You know, this was how it would have happened. You just read the scripture. And you take it verse by verse, but they lived it and had to, it was a, it was a, a continual a, a awakening, I should say. It was, it was coming to life day by day. Amen. Well, didn't the scriptures say that 
When Israel was a child, I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you know it that Herod was killed all two-year-olds and under? I never heard of that. Well, why would a kid want, king want to write things that were so nasty like that? They buried that thing. But if you go back, I know a man that was there, one of the such and such a rabbi, whomever. He was there at that time, and he remembers when the babies were killed. You don't say, yeah, no, he went into Egypt. Oh, my goodness. It was completely coming moment by moment, day by day. And that state of wonder, oh, yeah, little by little, wonder was peeling itself back. So then they would have had the sages and the rabbis debating back and forth out of Be- but thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, out of Judea, ye out of, shall come forth unto me a ruler in Israel. And so they knew different ones knew their scriptures. You know, they didn't have ancestry.com. They couldn't do those things. And so it was a process. It was a process that they, they started to, to, to learn as, as things came out and their wonder started to, to, to lift away. He's supposed to be a mighty warrior. He's going to overthrow all of this, this Roman dominion. Not some humble man. Not some, somebody that just came out of Nazareth. Or okay, maybe he did come out of Bethlehem. But really? No, he's supposed to be a king. Are we looking for anything different in this age? Just a simple Kentucky Messenger, seventh grade education, barely could get his grammar out. Are we looking for anything different? Anything different from then and now? How much? But now, signs and wonders started to happen, started to catch the attention of the people. I can imagine that started to stir. Oh, you didn't believe then, huh? Whoever, Rabbi Ben Judah, Rabbi Ben this, whoever they were, I'm sure there was a lot of them, and they was talking to them, and they would debate over the table at night, and then now he said, well, I need to see some signs. The Messiah to come, he'll be, he'll, he'll be, a, he'll be one that will heal the people. He'll deliver the lame. He'll open the eyes of the blind. He'll open the ears of the deaf. He'll bring the lame to halt, and he'll, I gotta see that. Then I might believe. Hey, guess what? Guess what happened today? I was just down at a gathering, and I'd have seen one after the other. The blind could see, the deaf could hear, the lame could walk again. No way. I'm serious. Day by day. Hey, it wasn't email and texting. Bing, 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 bing. No, it wasn't. It was they had to run there, or they told somebody else, they're running. So that's the county. I got 18 miles to go see my friend because I just got to tell him what just happened in the city I was in. I just seen the lame walk. I just seen the blind see. Man, he had renewed energy. I'm running. I'm running because that must be the Messiah. The lepers were healed. The possessed were delivered. Storms were calmed. Amen. I can imagine little by little saying, my, this must be the Christ. This must be the Messiah. And then when, when, when Lazarus was dead and he walked up to the tomb and they rolled the stone away and he cried forth for Lazarus to come forth, he said, of course, this must be the Messiah because only he can raise the dead. Oh, the wonder, the wonder had gone away. He's living amongst us today. Wait, 
He was, he was just, he does believe. Yeah. He's a living God. Still alive today. Wait, what did you just tell me? What did that messenger just say? I just heard him come in. It sounded pretty grave. They just took Jesus and he's in judgment hall. What? For the Messiah? This is the one we thought he's coming to deliver us. To, to bring its kingdom and, and dominion here. No, that's impossible. I'm serious. He's in judgment. They've taken him from Gethsemane. And they, 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 they've taken him into Caiaphas. And they're judging him right now for blasphemy. No. No. This is the Messiah. He, he'll turn it around some way. Well, with a little doubt coming in. Some say, well, this is impossible. I, I just can't quite put this together. Not a messenger come in. Did you just hear? They've beaten him. They've scourged him. They're sending him to Pilate now. They're sending him to Pilate. They're calling for his death. Well, that's impossible. The Messiah can't die. He'll break forth from that. He'll bust forth. He's just showing his power. Why, why, won't, he do, why won't he do something? I don't know. Is this really, is this really the Christ? I, I, they were living it. Over to Herod he goes. Another messenger comes in. He's back from Herod. He's now a pilot. I hear them screaming. I hear they're calling for his crucifixion. He, he, you don't even want to look at him. He, he's so beaten, so marred. Oh, I, I can't even stand it. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe we should go up and, and see, see what's going, going on. I know. I, I can't understand how the Messiah could just let himself die. This just doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know. Maybe I should just stay here and, and, and just trying to wonder over this. I am just so confused. And wonder came to its highest peak right now. As the king of glory, who they believed was Messiah, was now standing, beaten, in shame, and now he's now walking the road to Calvary with a cross on his back. And the people who were crying, Hosanna, are just in a state of wonder. How could this be? He's, 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 he's the Lord of glory. Woman at the well, she'd sat there, she'd heard him discern her th thoughts, her heart. She'd spoke to him, this is who you are, this is where your problem is. And she's like, I, I know this is, I know this is the Messiah. I know this is the one. Peter had been there not too many days or since or however long it was. And he had just said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He had something had just revealed in his heart. He said, that's exactly who you are. And now he's there. He just ran away. He'd been, he'd been, he left him at, at the Gethsemane. Lazarus raised from the dead. He's like, he called me from back from the grave. Amen. He called me from the grave. How is he going to the grave? Nathaniel sitting there wondering, I was sitting under a tree. He said, I seen you. You're of no, you don't have no guile in you. How did he seem? I said, you are the son of God. How could he, the one that saw me, only God can do that. Only God can discern the heart. Only God can raise the dead. Only God can discern that little woman at the well situation. Only God could forgive sins and raise the lame to walk. And I just don't want, I just, I'm so what, Lord, I, I just, I'm so confused. How many people at that moment turned away? No, it's not the Messiah. 
as he walked up the hill and was nailed at Calvary. Hands on the cross, and many fell away then. Peter, you know what? I'll just drop this in. Peter there, something struck him. He might have been in a bit of a state of wonder, saying, I just, I just don't understand what's going on. Because now Jesus has now died, and they've just put him in a tomb. And it, but he knew it was more than his mental capacity that revealed to him who he was. It wasn't something he conjured up in his mind and said, yep, I just thought this up, and you are the Son of God. You are the Christ. No, it wasn't that. Something revealed it to him. It was, it was the King of glory. God revealed to him who he was in front of him. It was a personal revealing to Peter. That's Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And so something more was there. Then Peter denied him after that. Peter denied him after that. Think about it. He wasn't converted then. Because he had to go to the upper room. But Peter was unconverted. But revelation had struck his soul. Something had struck him that was going to carry him all the way through this time of complete confusion. Because God said, my gates of hell will never prevail. No circumstance, no situation, no nothing was going to stop the revelation. And it was going to pull him through. That's the circumstance. I'm going to tell you, and I'll get there later in service. But I'll tell you, you might have a son or daughter. You might have a spouse. And they are unconverted right now. But something could have struck their soul like Peter. And it's going to pull them through this state of confusion. Because when it's revealed to you. When it's revealed to you, nothing, it goes beyond all circumstance, all time, everything, it holds fast. And the thousands now were mocking them all. Oh, weren't you one of those followers of this one that just died? Ha, really? You thought he was the Messiah? Oh, and they were running. They were hiding. They were denying What a moment of time that they lived in. But something in each one of these, they couldn't understand what was going on. But the woman at the well, someone was holding her. Lazarus, someone was holding him. Peter, someone was holding him. John, someone was holding him. All the disciples, someone was holding him. I don't understand it. I got a lot of wonder. But it's something just keeps telling me, this is exactly who I believe he is. That is the Messiah. I can't understand how he died, but he is the one. That's why the song says, something keeps holding me. It ain't nothing you got. It's what he's got. He's holding you. It's his revelation that struck your soul. And that is holding you through all confusion of the world. And there they were sitting in their little room, I can tell you, as they sat there at their table, and it was probably very quiet, as they just, they probably didn't have an appetite. They just sat there, wanting to, probably didn't even want to break bread, brought too many memories back. They just sat there quietly. That's a long three days. Whoosh! 
there stood in front of them, a living Savior. Imagine the moment. I can tell you, it went from really quiet to complete uh, a moment of shock and wonder, and then it was complete joy, because all wonder vanished at the sight of a living God. And then it said, who is this? Only Thomas had to feel the hands, the scars in his hands, but every other one said, he's risen, he's alive, he's well, and he's living in me now to tell the world. Oh my, all wonder, all confusion, vanished, gone at the presence of a living God. What a time. The veil rent in two. God removed all wonder. It wasn't a veil now sitting there. What was behind the holiest of holes? What was back there? No one could see but the high priest. But God said, "Uh uh-uh. I'm going to take the wonder away. I'm tearing the veil in two so you can look upon me. I am that one. I'm the one in the holiest of holies. I'm the blood that you need. There's no wonder no more. Full reality of who he was. But Abraham says, Abraham, don't wander no more. He said, wanders and wandering around across the country. Sinner don't have to wonder anymore whether he can be saved or not. The sick man doesn't have to wonder whether he got to be healed or not. The opening veil that day at Calvary revealed the way to total victory. God gives us the powers of his spirit to live triumphantly over all these things. Ask us only to believe. To believe. It's placed in you to believe. They were sitting there all morning and wondering what's going on. How, wait, what just happened? He's dead. I, we rolled the stone back. But something inside of them wouldn't let them unbelieve. They were still in their heart. A revelation had struck them. And they sat there and said, oh, I don't understand. They didn't have even consolation to say to each other. But when he rose and stood before them, oh my goodness, they said, of course, of course, my faith reaches up to thee, O Lamb of Calvary. He said, the price is paid. We are redeemed, thanks be to God. There's no more you have to wonder about. There's no more guessing about it. It's all took away. The veils pulled back the curtain and were set on a highway not to wonder no more. Glory to God. Every disciple, there was no wonder. No more. You know that actually in Scripture... It states they wondered, as we read, in the boat. Oh, my goodness. He just calmed the raging sea. They wondered. They wondered when they heard the shepherd's message. Who? Who on earth? Who could this be in swollen clothes? And there's multiple times in the Gospels that they wondered. And they wondered when this one was healed. And they wondered. But after that, there was no more wondering. Wondering time was over. They had a living God before them. All confusion wiped away. They wonder no more. That's why Philip could go out and start preaching the gospel and give it to the Ethiopian, the eunuch. That's why Peter could get out there and shout it out as he preached. Be it known unto you all, to the people of Israel, 
who that Jesus of Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, who God raised up from the dead. He wasn't wondering nothing. Amen. He knew exactly who he was preaching about. He knew exactly who he was shouting about. He said, the stone which was set not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner, neither is there salvation in any other. No, sir, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby ye must be saved. You, would, you think he was wondering? Mm, wonder no more. Peter was telling them what they needed. They needed Jesus Christ. He says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter... Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. They marveled, and they took knowledge of them. They're the wonderers now. Who is this? What just happened? And that they had been with Jesus. Amen. That's what happens when you receive a living Christ. It's the other people that start to wonder, who is this one? I just saw them before, and they were drunk, and they were this, and they were that. But now they turn around. And they're wondering at you. Deity. In that upper room. Deity. Had fused. With human flesh. There was no more wonder. Scripture. Brother Bram says he fulfilled the very sign. They had asked. Well. This is when the Pharisees state of wonder. If you be this, give us a sign. Uh-huh. All right. He said God only sent them signs, told them to believe their prophets and so forth in the Bible. He said, and the Pharisees said, we would seek a sign from you. We seek a sign. And he looked at them, I imagine, but Abraham says, kind of discouraged. Jesus looked kind of discouraged. He said, a weak and adulterous generation seek after a sign and they shall receive no sign. But the sign of Jonas, or Jonah, Brother Bram says, as he was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so will the Son of Man be in the days of the heart, in the heart of the earth. He says, now watch what kind of generation would seek after for a sign, a weak, wicked, unbelieving, adulterous generation. Not just then, right now, a weak, yes, it's weak. My goodness, you can't even get a man in this generation. It's weak, it's a weak Weak generation, wicked, unbelieving, adulterous generation. Brother Bram says the sign that they got was the sign of the resurrection. But they watched it and still wondered. Mm -mm. Couldn't be. So even God gave them the sign that they, that he told them they'd get. And they still wondered at it and didn't believe it. If that was the son of man then, what about the son of man now? A weak, wicked, adulterous generation seek after a sign. What sign they get? They got the sign of a living God. And they wonder at it. They got the sign. No one will contest all Christianity. No one's going to contest that Jesus fulfilled all the requirements of Scripture. No one's going to contest that. Anybody here going to contest it? No? You sure now? It's your opportunity. Show me in scripture where Jesus Christ did not fulfill all that was prophesied of him. No? He portrayed, he exhibited, he manifested, he performed all the requirements. And he rose again. And no one's going to say, absolutely. Jesus Christ fulfilled it all. I'm going to read my scripture. Then read all the red letter. That's my God. 
But how many missed it in the Bible? How many missed it then? They were living there. You look back and be like, yeah, of course he did. Look at what Isaiah said. Look at what Hosea said. Look at what Malachi said. Look at all these scriptures said. Of course he nailed every single one of them. That is the, that is the king of glory. But back then, many, most, missed it. So you sit again with hindsight and say, of course. But what about in our day? Scripture and prophecy is still being fulfilled and is still in action. We cannot miss it as it's in action and be like in Scripture saying, mm, I'm just wondering. Mm-mm, can't be. He, he wasn't. He's in the Messiah. He didn't, he didn't rise again, actually. He just was, he was grave robbed. Yeah, they believed that back then. Come up and conjure up some crazy lot of different things. Different ideas. Don't tell me there ain't a whole lot of different ideas going on today. Oh, there's a whole lot of websites out there that conjure up a whole lot of different ideas. Some of them way out there. Way out there. But people then, mm, yeah, exactly. And they wonder and they miss it. What caused the priests to miss it and to wonder? And anyone else there? is because they could not see past the veil of flesh. That's really what it came down to. They just could not see past this. It's impossible. God can't be in that man. He cannot be in flesh. But Abraham says, and it was done in every age, deity veiled in human flesh. He said the prophets was deity veiled. That was the word of God. Is that right? Veiled in human flesh so they didn't notice. Our Moses neither see Jesus. And humanity has constantly wondered and missed it because they missed or they could not see past the badger skin. It's scripture. It's scripture. Don't just take it and listen to what somebody says about it. Don't just be like, oh yeah, I read on this website or I Googled it on YouTube and saw somebody that, that left this message say a few bunch of things. But have you actually looked at it yourself? Have you actually dug into the scripture yourself? Or are you taking somebody's word for it and you can't get past the badger skin again and again and again and again because in here they couldn't get past the badger skin. So then who are you in type? Who are you? Where are you finding yourself in the scripture? Are you saying, I'm, I'm the one. I'm missing the badger skin, just like they did. Or are you saying, no, I'm not missing it. I see Elijah. I see Moses. I'm like them. He was a prophet. I'm like them who saw John the Baptist. He was coming to forerun Jesus Christ. And I'm like them who saw Jesus manifested in flesh. If you are earnest, earnest, you would get into your scripture and find your type. I surely wouldn't want to type the chicken. I want to type the eagle. Notice, Brother Bram says, notice the veil behind the old badger skins of the temple was the word, was the word manifested on tables of stone. He said, behind the old temple in the veil, he said, what was back there was, was a Jehovah? What, what was hid back there? What was the veil hiding? Oh, hallelujah. He said, what was the veil hiding? It was hiding the word. Amen. It was hiding the veil. The badger skins was hiding the word. Behind was the Shekinah glory, but it was all hid from them. It was hid, he said. All the glory was right behind that old badger skin that was there, all hid to the natural eye. He said, it is today too. It is today too. 
If it's the same yesterday and today and forever, it'll happen today. He said it is too. It's called a bunch of holy rollers. <laughs> Fanatics. Who is that? <laughs> Who is it hit by? Me. I'm that holy roller. I'm that fanatic that is hiding the very Messiah, the Son of God. I'm not ashamed to say that this badger skin holds God inside. That's why we are wonders to the world. They wondered at him. Is that the Messiah? Is that the very Son of God? Well, then they should wonder at you too. They'll be like, who is this that can't even swear? Who is this that won't even smoke? Who is this that won't laugh at my dirty joke? Who is this that just wants to be at church every day of the week, it seems? Monday night at a prayer meeting, Wednesday night at church. Oh my, who is this? And they wonder at you. And they can't see behind your veil. Yes, sir! He said, because you're veiling the same one they wondered at. He said, they're so wrapped up in their traditions. But Abraham says, they're looking at the glare of another age. He says, but the gospel glows. He says, it's still hid to them, even this day. I challenge you all. You search the scriptures and look behind the veil. He says... Same now, glory, power of the Holy Spirit. He said, it comes upon the believer now. He says, I mean the real believer, that Shekinah glory comes on the real believer that causes the works of God and the faith come into him to believe the word. It's all hid to them eyes. Then things are past. He said, they're living behind the veil. He says, you're not behind the veil anymore, little ones. God has come in full view. That's what this message is, young people. It's God. Coming in full view. If you see it anything different, you've missed it. You've missed who, what he's trying to show you. Dig into it. Grab a hold of it. Say, God, I want to see you in full view. And many looked at the cross. He said, nah, he's a criminal. He's a fake. But some, some look at the cross and say, mm-mm. He was a son of man. And the son of man is revealed today. Scripture says he will, is, was, is here revealed again. Would it be any different then, then, to now? God works in the same. He works as a pattern. He's unchanging God. And so if the scripture says, as it was in the days of Lot, went out to Sodom, rain, fire, and brimstone, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So we know it'll be a terrible, wicked time, a debauched time, because Sodom was debauched, and we are indeed in a Sodom condition. So in that day, the Son of Man is going to be revealed again. Would it be any different then? If we look back at Christ's time, he was the Son of Man then. He's going to reveal himself again in this day. That's Scripture. Scripture states he must be. He will reveal himself. So don't, don't if, you, if you're looking and saying, no, look at the pattern of Christ. Look at everything that happened at his day and say, okay, I need to be looking for a pattern that matches Scripture's time. I have to see that. That's the only way I will be able to judge whether it is indeed the Son of Man revealed again. 
Don't take somebody else's word for it. You do the searching. Did the masses come? The masses came. They fought Christ. They came there wondering, wow, what is this? The signs and the wonders to behold. They flocked him. And they were all wondering about it. Did they flock this day? Did they come in this day? The masses, the thousands, hundreds of thousands in half South Africa looking for the signs and the wonders. Were the signs and the wonders there? Oh, you bet they were. Many signs and wonders. Was also the discernment of the thoughts and intents of the heart? Was that there? Yes, it was. Did it match the woman at the well? Did it match Abraham and Sarah when he turned his back? Did it match Nathaniel under the tree? Did it match when he called Peter and said his name? Yes, it did. Every time. You show me one other person that has ever done that in the history of humanity since Christ. One. One. I'm not asking for a hundred. I'm not asking for ten. I'm not asking for two. One person that shook Jerusalem. Did Jesus Christ shake Jerusalem? He surely did. He turned it upside down. Did the Son of Man revealed in this day shake the world? Oh, yes, it did. You bet it shook the world. It rejected by religions. The Pharisees rejected him. The religions of the day scorned him, and they scourged him. You tell me. Has this message been scorned, scourged, and rejected by every religion of this day? It has to be the pattern. Did judgment come to Jerusalem? Oh, yes, it did. Titus weighed in and wiped that thing out. Is judgment coming? Oh, yes, it is. It has to because it has to match the Bible. It was a great day then. It's a dreadful day now. Did Elijah come to prepare the way before that great day? Mm -hmm. Does Elijah have to come to prepare the way for this dreadful day? Yes, he does. I don't know what you're all looking for. Not you all. Maybe someone's streaming. But if I was thinking, oh, the end of the world is here. Mm -hmm. So then, what does this say about it? And what are you looking for? Excuse me while I catch my breath. You know, and the one important to peace when Jesus said, You must eat my flesh and drink my blood. When the word started to unveil, the signs and the wonders caught attention. But when he started to reveal who he was, oh, no, no, no. We have nothing to do with this. And what happened? When the word started to be unveiled and God started to reveal who he was and the seals started to be opened to show who you are, what did the world do? Mm -mm. You're off the deep end. The pattern has to match. And so many then wondering, is this message really true? But Abraham says, in the very day the Son of Man is revealed, Revelation 10, 1 to 7, he said, read it when you get home. The seventh angel's message, opening up the seals. What is it? It's not the angel is the Son of Man, but the messenger is revealing the Son of Man. He says, can you get it separated now? That's where it seems so hard for you. You see, not the Son of Man himself, but the seventh angel, seventh messenger, revealing to the public the Son of Man. 
That's why people get so difficult, because it was so close. They were looking at the badger skin, and look, some people even thought it was Christ. And in some cases, how could you blame them? Because it was so close. Because it was Jesus Christ, veiled in human flesh again, revealing himself. That's why Brother Branham used Abraham and Sarah so often, because it was the exact same pattern of Elohim in flesh. It just has to be Bible. It just has to be Bible. Show me where it wasn't. But I say today, what about our experience now? Our desiring our own experience. There was the, a group of, there is a group of people, I know there is, because they're sitting in front of me, like a little queen of Sheba, who when she heard of the greatness and the wisdom of Solomon, boy, there was something inside of her soul. There was something that says, is this really true? Oh, she started to wonder. She started to hear as Brother Branham talks about. He talks about that little, those little caravans that started to come in. He said that little, little ordained lady was ordained to life. She heard something that caught fire in her pagan heart. He said she began to wonder about that. And the next caravan came through. She could hardly wait. Think about it. She had to wait days and weeks and months for another word to come through. Back in Brother Branham's day, when the messages were being sent forth, they had to wait for a tape. Oh, I get a mail in for a tape, and I'll wait. Oh, it finally came. What do you do? That's about all. She waited for a caravan. What, what, what more did I hear? What more can I hear of the wisdom of Solomon? What, what are they saying out there? Oh, which way did it come from? Did you, did you come from the north? Did you come from the north? Uh, yeah, we did. did you, were you perchance? Did you perchance go through where Saul, King Solomon is? Well, actually, we were through that area. Oh, tell me. Did you hear anything? Any word? Anything about his fame and his wisdom? Can you tell me even just a little word? Oh, uh, um, yeah, well, I, I know what you're going. Uh, ask me about their God. Is that what you want to know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see him in action? This was the craving. She was wondering inside of her soul. She wanted something. She says, yeah, that's right. He said, I saw. It's the truth. Why, they loved that man so well. They made him the king and their God. They got supernatural in their midst. He said, he's displaying himself right through that man. Oh, my goodness. Ah, I just can't even handle it anymore. And the caravans went through and her wonder became greater. And she came to a point. She says, I desire myself to go see the truth. Is there really one here that's so great like this? She said, Brother Brown says, can you imagine her having to go get permission from her priest? We're not cooperating with that meeting up there, he says. Oh, sure. All kinds of words could come, he says, but there's anything. Now, if there's anything that would have went on, it would have went on right here. It'd be happening in our church. All right? So there's nothing happening there. It would happen here. We have everything that's needed. After all, they're just a bunch of nothing. Brother Branham is saying, we heard him crossing the Red Seas and everything, but that's just a bunch of holy rollers. Don't you believe it? This is what little Queen of Sheba is being told. He said, I can see that little queen. I can see that little queen. Rear herself, Belka, and say, sir, I want to go. I want to be convinced. <laughs> she says, I'm wondering if this is the truth. I like that kind of courage, he says. I want to be convinced I've got the scrolls here. I want to go see if that spirit that is in that man is just exactly what these scrolls say. I want to see if it matches. This is what I've been told. This is what now I've been able to read. Do you know what kind of work I had to go through to obtain these scrolls? 
So now I'm going to verify them. I want to go see if it's really the truth. So I'm going to compare with my own eyes. I'm going to go see. She got to that place you couldn't want her no more. She had to know for certain there was no time left to be in a state of unknown. And so here she goes. We don't want to be. I thought, you know, here, Pilate was in a state of unknown. What is truth? He was sitting there wondering. It actually plagued him. What is truth? Truth was indeed standing in his midst. But can you imagine? He was wondering, what is truth? And he just passed it by. Around and around. He sent truth off to Herod. Herod sent truth back to him. His wife saying, don't have anything to do with this man. Here truth is standing there in their midst. And it's just like, well, didn't see it. I thought, dear goodness, Lord, help us. That we don't have truth, maybe, standing in our midst. Children, young people, parents alike, it don't really matter who. But you're standing in the midst of truth. in your mommy and your daddy at home. And you're craving in your soul, maybe something, a longing. And truth is veiled in the badger skin. Yes. Amen. Oh, I wouldn't want anyone to be in that state too long. I pray you're like the queen of Sheba. Said I've had enough. I'm going myself. Pack up my bags. Get the caravan ready. I'm done listening to you priests. Yeah, that's what she did. That's what she did. And here she goes. She said, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I've had enough. He said, yep. My great-great-grandmother served them idols out there. My great-grandmother my served them all. My mother served them. And what have they done? These dumb idols. I've never heard them speak or do a thing. Come on. She had to really get down to the brass tacks. What do you served? What kind of life have you lived? What are, what are you serving day and day and night? What has it done for you? Yes. It hasn't fulfilled nothing. You've got a craving still longing in your heart, and you really desire something. Just come down to the brass tacks and say, what has it done? Nothing. It says about like these dumb creeds that we're serving today. I'm just reading a quote. And so forth and so on. They talk, they talk about a God, a God that was, send a boy to school, teach him to be a minister, tell him to be about a historical God. He, he said, what good is a historical God yesterday if he isn't the same today? If God full of mercy could meet the people's needs yesterday, well, he is, if he ain't the same God today, he's a poor God. All right. She's laying it down. But she said, I got a craving. And I've wondered all this time. And so I'm done with it. So she gets on her caravan. And maybe she made a difficult journey, three or so months journey, 90-something days, going through all the, the difficulties and the robbers and the thieves. God's, Abraham says, you're determined. God's going to make a way for you. It was a difficult way. I thought, oh, God, maybe somebody makes, needs to make a difficult way down to an altar, down to their knees. Maybe that's the hardest thing you've ever done in your life is to actually get down on your knees, a 30, 60, 90-day journey for you to say, God, I surrender. She did. She did the difficult thing. Maybe you need to do a difficult thing and come to the same place. He said, you're determined to see God. He'll make a way for you. There's no fear all about nothing. You have one achievement, one thought, one motive, one objective. That's get to God. Now there's a motive. There's an objective. There's a thought and an achievement. You think there's lots of things to achieve? One thing. Get to God. Solomon, Second Chronicles said, she came to Solomon. She got there. She communed with him. All that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all 
her questions. And there was nothing hid from Solomon, which he told her not. Nothing. It, it meant everything. She would, she would go through, but Abraham talks about her going through the prayer line and her card getting waiting to be called. He just brings it right up to that same day. Come on now. Come on, a greater than Solomon is here. Is that what the message that was preached? Because he's pointing to a revealing of the Son of Man himself who said the greater than Solomon is here and they're missing it. They miss it then. How many miss Solomon then? How many miss Jesus Christ then? How many miss the Son of Man again now? I'm praying this morning that the scales would come off. The eyes would be open to see and you would see that God in flesh again revealing this day. She wondered, but when she heard the word, of her day <laughs> she gave actually all that she brought she just gave all her substance he says oh she surrendered her wealth she brought all the gifts she did she just poured it on she said oh my this is everything I was searching for and she gave her all gave her all you know what I, if you read that scripture and continue to read it then Solomon gave back to her isn't that beautiful? Yeah. You, want, you give your all. You give of your substance, your abilities, your talents. You just lay it all down on the line. And then God says, seek ye first the kingdom and all these things. I'll just add it unto you. So then he starts to pour back. And she went back. I think she thought she was going to go back empty. I think she went back quite full, actually. <laughs> That's our God. Jesus said, she'll raise up in judgment, in the judgment, and condemn this generation. For she came from the utmost parts of the world to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and a greater than Solomon is here. All right. If a greater than Solomon is here today, it should create the same response from the seeds of God. A craving, that desire. I said, maybe we put ourselves in front of that great, our great Solomon and watch an encounter that happened in our day. Because Brother Brown preaching, a greater than Solomon is here. And so then God came behind to come behind that. If one is saying, a greater than Solomon is here, God's going to come back by and prove it. And he says, they're lined up a group of people. The first come across the platform was a Mohammedan. He said, this is in this service now. He said, where did you come for? What did you come to me for? He says, you're a Mohammedan. She said, I am. I said, why did you come to me? I'm a Christian. She said, because I think you can help me. Think about it now. He said she spoke pretty good English. And I said, did you ever read the New Testament? She said, I have. I said, then you have seen what I just got through speaking about, that what he was, the same yesterday? She said, yes, sir. I said, then if the Holy Spirit revealed to you, then I'll know that, that your Mohammedan prophet cannot do that. He's dead and buried, but Christ, the Son of God, has raised again and living forevermore. She said, if he can reveal like he did in the New Testament, as it says, I'll accept him as my Savior. Now it's all on the line. She's a Mohammedan. But Abraham speaks about actually being a very tough because they come from the Medes and Persians, he says, and so it's final. It's uneasy, unmovable. And, but she's standing there saying if he can do what he did in the New Testament, 
And he can reveal that here. I'll accept him as my savior. Brother Bram says, and when I said, I looked at her again. I said, you have a sister on the womb. Your husband's sitting back right out there. He's a tall, thin man. But you was with the doctor a few days ago with a black mustache, heavy set, wearing a gray suit. And he examined you about a female organ and said, the ovary, you have a cyst. She said, I accept Jesus as my personal savior. Just like that. She said, if he reveals to me, like he did in the Old New Testament, if he does like Peter, if he does like the woman at the well, if he does like Nathaniel, then I will accept him as my Savior. How is that any different today, right here in front of us, as, a, as an example that a greater than Solomon is here? How can we not have hands and hearts that say, I accept him as my personal Savior? Hallelujah. What a moment. She would have been hoiled onto that Mohammedan religion, a false religion. She knew there was nothing there. Why are you here? I'm a Christian. You're Mohammedan. Because I know you can help me. Really? Because you're portraying that there's a living God still amongst us. Because when a living God comes on the scene, oh, wonder. Oh, wonder. There's no more wonder anymore. Because displayed before, he said, you have a cyst on your ovary. This and such and such is your husband. You met a doctor here. He's got this type of mustache and suit. And therefore, thus saith the Lord, she says, I accept him. Just like that. The wonder dropped from her eyes and her mind. Amen. Her time of wonder was over. She passed through the veil. Amen. She saw Jesus Christ veiled, unveiled before her. The next one on the brother Branham said, there's a boy on the platform. He came up with his eyes crossed. This is in the same service. He says that there's a, a he, he came through and God, and God healed him. Uncrossed his eyes right there. And then he's talking and he says, there's some commotion. And so there comes up on a British doctor up on the platform to dispute. And he's trying, he's causing a bit of an issue. And he says, hey, he says, that, that's hypnotism. But Abraham says, if it's hypnotism, he says, why aren't you doctors practicing it more? If hypnotism heals, why aren't you doing it? <laughs> My goodness, there's the wisdom of God right there. Man, he came on the platform. He thought he was dealing with a man. Mm -mm. That prophet had the pillar of fire anointing right there beside him. It was a son of man being revealed before them. He said, who is this? You hypnotizing him? He said, hey, you know, I think God has a sense of humor. He said, mm-mm, it ain't no hypnotism. And if it is, why don't you practice it? Uh-uh, so that stepped him back a little bit. He says, he said, well, Mr. Branham, I put that baby on the platform. This is the doctor that put him up on the platform now. He'd seen his eyes crossed. He said, I put him up there on the platform, and they were crossed. He was standing there under my hand, he says. And his eyes are, now his eyes are straight. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. And his eyes are straight, EBA. His eyes come open, EBA. He said, something happened between here and there. Well, that's perceptive, Mr. Doctor. Something did indeed. I said, yes, he met Christ. <laughs> he met the Son of Man that's here on this platform. That's the pillar of fire anointing. He said, oh, he said, if he's tangible enough to make, is he tangible enough to make that boy's eyes come uncrossed? Oh, God. Is he tangible enough? He's wondering, is really the God that real? Is there really a God alive today? <laughs> sir, sir, you're going to start a riot. You're going to start a riot. You're taking too much time. This is the middle. I think it's the same. Brother Branham said there's a, however many interpreters out there. He says you're taking up too much time, but a Bosworth gets out there. He says, yeah, I have to ask you to leave. He says, oh, is Jesus tangible? Is Jesus Christ tangible enough to uncross those eyes? My. 
It's some wonder crying out. This is the Queen of Sheba. It's crying out. Is there something there? I, I need to see for myself. I said, you have to take my word. He was standing right there. I haven't even touched him. He said, the faith of that father and the mother out there and this child, his eyes are straight. It wasn't Brother Branham's touch. It was the faith of a father and a mother and a child that touched the one that he was revealing before them. He said he pushed back everybody. He pushed back. He walked up to the platform. He held up his hands. He said, then I accept Christ as my Savior. Think about it. He's there causing a commotion. He says, if that's God, if that's God there, then Christ is my personal Savior. Oh, I pray that somebody here could just be that bold and say, that God is my Savior today. I wonder, I wonder today who here has been healed by that same God. You stand up. my God. You that has wondered, is God a healer today? You wonder, sitting in your seat or standing, maybe somebody, is he healer again? Is he healed behind me or before? Back time, sometimes years, but what about right now in this day? Is he a healer? I'm wondering, is he a healer? Is he a healer? Yes, he's a healer. By your testimony, you stand all wonder of healing EBA should vanish from this moment on. It's just in his time. Is he a deliverer? I'd have you sit down again. And then I'd have you stand up again and say, yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead and sit down. Who here has been delivered from bondage of sin, from pornography, from drugs, from alcohol, from every demon situation that has bound your life? Who is here that can say, wonder no more? He's my deliverer. Somebody here wondering? Somebody here wondering? Wonder no more. You on the internet? You wondering? You say, that's 1956. That's 1965. I say, wonder no more. I'd have you sit down again. I'm telling you, I'll put this in the devil's face. Who here has been transformed? By the renewing of your mind, you were in a binds of denomination. You couldn't imagine where you were. Satan had you bound, but Jesus set me free. I was lost, but now I'm found. Who here wonders that God can transform? Who here wonders? I say by this end of this service that nobody should wonder about a living God that's present today. I have to sit down again. I want to know. I want to know today. Maybe somebody's wondered, can God bring my child back to Christ? I want somebody to stand who was a backslidden young man that was turned away from God, that grew up knowing God, but went away 
and has come back to serve the living God. Wonder! No! congregation, that you have a wandering loved one, you wives and you spouses and husbands that have a wandering husband, I say stare around this building this morning to say, my God can do the impossible. If he can do it for others, can he still do it for you? Yes, he can. It only takes one in this sanctuary to prove that he's a living God. It only takes one. But there's more than one to give you time and time and time again. And I know there's more that aren't here that will gladly stand. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. I'll even add more to that as the musicians come. You say, well, Brother Michael, you say it's almost right at the last moment of time. I know. I know it is. But there was a thief. I don't have time to go through all the notes of it. You can sit if you want. You can stand if you want. I don't really care. But there on Calvary, you say, I don't know. I just don't know if there's time left for my loved one. Well, there at Calvary, Jesus was going up to Calvary with a cross on his back. And there were many others wondering what was happening. And they were scoffing him. And they were, they were laughing at him. And they wondered, yeah, we thought you might have been. But you aren't now. Because the Messiah would never die like this. And they were all wondering. But there was another one. There was another one who got carried up to the same hill. And he said, and he, and he even, Scripture says, he actually riled on him. And they, in the two different Gospels, he said that he cast the same in his teeth. That would be the Son of God. Come down off that cross. I'd say, you have had loved ones that, like Peter, denied? Here he was denying? Yeah, if you're the son of God, come off the cross. But then something started to change. Something started to change. Don't underestimate the grace of God. Don't underestimate what God can do in the last slivers of time. Amen? And here he was standing there. And here he was watching with Jesus. He was, in, he, was, he was right in the center of the worst of it. He experienced the horribleness of the cross. He was seeing the scourge. He was seeing the mockery. He was even doing some of it there as he got hung on the cross. And I would say there's some out there that maybe they are doing some of the mockery even right now. They might be even taking a part of it even right now. But here something was going to change right in the last slivers of time. Here he was. He realized the shame and the nakedness and the misery. Here he was experiencing it. But even then, even in the worst of his situation, something changed and he started to see there's something different about this message. I mean, this man that is that's hanging here beside me, it was changing there on the cross of Calvary. Here, his shame there, his pangs of suffering now, and the other one is throwing, throwing now, scoffing at him, and he stands now, something changed, wonder and doubt starts to switch to faith. Something starts to reveal revelation, and wait a second, the word is actually before me right here. He was a scoffer. He was experiencing, he was in the pits of the sin, but now suddenly it's shifting right in the last moments of his breath. You tell me that you can't have a loved one saved 
right now in these last bits of time? Can he? Yes, he surely can because he gave you an example in scripture right here for you and me as Christ was dying on Calvary as he was giving his final breath. There was still time. There was still time for one that hung there and said, oh, maybe he heard the prayer. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And it started to jog something in his mind. He started to record in his mind. Wait a second. I heard scripture. I heard they, they pierced my hands and my feet. I remember when my mommy, when I was little, when my mommy, when I was little, read scripture to me on my knee. And I could remember that scripture. I remember when my mommy played a tape in my house. And I heard that prophet's voice. I remember when my daddy got down on his knees and prayed. And something started to change in his heart and his mind he says oh maybe this is exactly who they say he is maybe this is the very son of god that is hanging beside me he could not understand it but something started to change inside he said oh perhaps it is perhaps it must be oh i'm sure it is it's the messiah it changed in the last moments of time can god quicken his own Time don't matter to God. He confessed Christ right there, hanging on the cross. Right there, he said, because something in uh, some holy indignation rose up inside of him, and his feet on the other side was still musing, and his different things and fire burned out. And he says, Oh, don't you fear God? Boy, wasn't there a change. You expect the change in your loved one. So just moments ago, he was saying that, hey, why don't you come out off the cross? Come on, surely you could do what you, you said you are. Come on, show yourself the Messiah. But then just moments later, don't you fear God? Come on, expect the change. He says, oh, he says, seeing you're in the same condemnation, we need, do we, do we indeed justly, for we receive due reward. But this man, this man has done nothing. He's done nothing to miss. And some of your loved ones who have scorned the very word that you've lived, scorned the very message that you serve, the God that you serve, the message that is revealed God in this day. But someday, at some moment, in the last moments of time, he's going to say, they're going to say, wait a second, this message has done nothing wrong. It's true. And it's a yay and amen. And then he says, Lord, remember. When you go into your kingdom, what a transformation in the last moments of time. Is it possible? It's possible. I say wonder no more. Let us stand. Blessed be the name of our Lord Jesus. May we leave here. That's why people of this age, of this time, of this season... They sing songs. They sing joy to the world. But we should be able to sing a song like that with a much different level of passion. For our Lord is come. You know, they're singing it because he, they're singing 2,000 years ago. They're singing Jesus raised in Calvary. They're singing Jesus, our Lord has come. We're singing Jesus our Lord, that same one, is come and revealed again today, right here in our midst, a pillar of fire that's present amongst us. When you say joy to the world, our Lord is come. It's right here, present gospel, and you cannot wonder 
at all because it's been manifested right before our very eyes and you testified of it this very morning. Amen. Can we give him glory? We surely can. Should we sing that song? You say, oh, it's a Christmas song. No, I'm singing, joy the world. My Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Amen. Can we sing that? But Ryan, can we play that? Well, joy to morning. Our Lord has come. He's my deliverer. He's my peace giver. He's my healer. He's my transformer. He is my sin breaker. Chain breaker. He's all of it, saints. Amen. And we testified of it this morning. Expect the battle. Expect the battle. You don't stand up like that and say, ain't wondering no more. He was my healer. He was my deliverer. You stood up. Expect the battle. But we're girding up our loins this morning because the greater is the God that's inside of me than he that's in this world. So I got to walk forward because he is my victory. Amen. Amen. Can we sing I'm amazed? I'm amazed. I was studying the message this last few days. and I was amazed. I just told the Lord, I said, Lord, I cannot thank you enough. I can't even articulate the words. As I read just different messages, I just, I just can't even grasp the, 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 just the message. It's incredible to me. You read page after page, it just, I just, wow, Lord, I, I can only take some times a few pages and say, what was just said there? It's incredible. Why? I said, this is no mind of man. It is no mind of man. Get that out of your mind. Those here on the internet, I'm sorry, but no mind of man 
put that on a page. Oh, my. That's why I say, Lord, I'm amazed that you love me. Let's sing that song right from the verse. No one knew how alone I was feeling. Oh, and the emptiness I tried on Thank you. 
is the cry of all our souls as we've sung. But more than just song, Lord, may it be a groaning, Lord, with words unutterable that we are so amazed. Lord, how you cared. We could just sing those words or say those words, but Lord, how you cared. Lord, you cared that you sent your only son, wrapped, Lord, the best gift ever given to mankind. Man would wrap it in shiny wrapping paper. Their gifts they give today, but you gave a gift yourself and wrapped it in just rugged, swaddling clothes, lying yourself in a little manger. What care, Lord, that you did that for us. And Lord, through time, you gave of yourself. And Lord, then you gave us your attributes, Lord, that you had in yourself as a savior and a healer and a deliverer, oh God. Lord, most of all, I could say at this moment, I'm so thankful that you opened my eyes to see that you revealed in this day, that you opened these saints of God that are standing before me, Lord, to see a living God revealed in our hour. Lord, how many are going about this season and, Lord, are just lost and don't have any idea, Lord, but it's by your grace that you gave each one of us here, Lord, the ability to stand this morning and see the word of our day opened. God, I pray we don't leave, Lord, ungrateful, but Lord, we say thank you for opening my eyes. Oh, God, you didn't have to. You could have just passed us by, but Lord, you didn't, and we give you the glory for it. Lord, go with each one here, Lord, this morning. May they wonder no more, Lord, that you are with them each step of the way as you told Joshua, I'll be with you. Lord, you told your disciples, I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. Lord, that's our promise. Go within this Christmas season. Many will be his family and loved ones. May as we heard Brother Jean speak, may we be salty. Oh God, we walk into the room, Lord, of our loved ones that are unsaved. Lord, the love of God would emit, Lord. May, Lord, our atmosphere break the tension of the moment, Lord. May it might be a little uncomfortable, Lord, at times, but Lord, may, Lord, your love just exude from each one of us. Lord, it not be tense, it not be, Lord, stiff, but Lord, we stand there and express that there's a living God and the love, Lord, that could express from us could grab a hold of their heart and create a thirst in their soul, we pray. So, Lord, I commit each one here until we meet again, Lord. If, Lord, by the weather we don't meet on Wednesday, Lord, we'll meet them on Sunday. But maybe, just maybe, rapture in, Lord, this week wouldn't be that incredible. Lord, that is a season that we celebrate the birth. Lord, there could be a rapture. Lord, we wait for it earnestly. It's our expectation. So, God, we go today with you in our midst, Lord, from this little sanctuary. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for foraging through the snow. It looks like it still has snowed. So drive safely. Lord be with you. Angels go about you as you drive home. And as the world says, they say it, but I'll say Merry Christmas. It was a wonderful moment when he came down into a little manger. I can say Merry Christmas. It was a wonderful day. There's a song that says, Jesus, what a wonderful child. New life, new hope, new joy he brings. Won't you listen to the angels sing, glory, glory, glory to the newborn king. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus Christ's name.